now that we've caught up on the the four-wheeled car history vehicle history yes at a certain point you got real interested in two-wheeled adventures how like how far back does that date so interest in two-wheeled adventures actually predates me having a driver's license okay just back then i was the engine that's that's right so going way back way way back so like 2006 i was the engine uh this is why we'll give out your instagram at the end but i'll allude to it quickly uh (laughs) is mountain biker tom yes because at mountain biker tom over here started his adventures with mountain bikes yeah and is actually somewhat related to my other Instagram handle, which we'll, we'll get to in a moment. That'll be a good tease. <laughs> yes. So, started riding mountain bikes 2006. I rode pretty much until I got my driver's license. And then, as every teenager who now has an engine to transport them does, car is all. Yes. Still. Even still. Yeah, it, it, it be facts, though. So, as time went on, like, interests came and went, but I, I can still hop on a mountain bike and not instantly kill myself. Well, that's good. That's a good track record. Yes. I would yes. say. It, it has been quite a while since I've tried to ride a mountain bike off of the side of a mountain. But the last time I did, I didn't end up in the hospital. Hey, that's better than other times that you've done it. <laughs> more different times. <laughs> more yes. different. A more different time. Yes, I, I, I have broken three collarbones, which, which is more than the, the now, average number of collarbones a now human you has. you would know, maybe thinking to yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, I am not a scientist. <laughs> How many collarbones <laughs> does I, one have? I'm no bonatologist. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm pretty sure that the standard equipment number of collarbones is maybe less than three. It is not yes. manufacturer spec to have three collarbones. <laughs> but Tom has broken at least one of them at least more than one time. Yes. So the first time I broke either of them required a plate and eight screws. The second time I broke the left one, the end of the plate kept the collarbone more or less in line so they did not have to add another plate but yeah that, that, this is how you break three collarbones in a human body that has two collarbones yeah tom is not the best to his collarbones yes i i have confirmed the presence of gravity many times forcibly yes uh <laughs> against my will so then tra- translating that forward to about two 2000 what 2018 yeah so i just just started a new job the job had to send me off to training and as part of that they did per diem but it was a reimbursement not a here's some money go spend it on food it's a you spent some money on food let us pay you back for that well i had been thinking about getting into motorcycles for a while anyway is at the time I was living with her friend Chris, who had a bike, and I was like, eh, "This looks like fun. I, I sh- you know what? I'll, I'll do it." That first per diem check funded a the motorcycle safety foundation class. Nice. And then about three weeks after I took that, 
I went down to the local KTM dealer, got a... Shout out Moto Richmond. Moto Richmond? Moto Richmond. At the time was right next to Legend Brewing down in Manchester. They have since moved to a slightly, not super sketchy, but slightly sketchy part of Midlothian Turnpike. Between Paper Moon and Richmond Chesterfield Auto Parts. Yes. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That like, side of Chippenham. Yeesh. Yeah. Anyway. So, purchased a new KTM Duke 390. Excuse me. A KTM what? Duke 390. Uh, with, pretty, with a D. Pretty sure it's called a Juke, my guy. I read it on the side of the bike many times. It said Juke. Okay, just because the it's Austrians don't product. know how to design a font does not mean that they spelled it wrong. <laughs> it's look look it up on the interwebs. The the font on the large sticker on the side of the tank defo looks like it says Juke 390. So it's a Nissan. Yeah, exactly. So I always referred to it as the Juke. <laughs> oh, Jordan, oh, why boy. did you have to make that connection so early in the story? Foreshadowing. There is some foreshadowing there. <laughs> oh, it definitely does. It definitely yeah. looks like it says Juke. Like, not even slightly. Like, that straight up just says Juke. Yeah. So they left well, off a whole line. Before we get into line. the whole juke story, I feel like we've we've had the appropriate amount of time. I'm about to open my second beer, and I'm just going to give a little bit of transitional foley. Mm, here we go. So let's talk about the juke. Uh, it was it was white and orange, as KTM do. It it was very white and orange. You got pretty deep into customizing. Yes. Because that is a thing that motorcycles really lend themselves to. Yes. Uh, because when you have just enough mechanical things to propel you down the road, you change them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things I think is probably cool, and I've never personally owned a motorcycle, but just viewing it from the outside, something that's cool to me about motorcycle ownership is that the, the cost of entry is so, so low. relatively low yeah. that you can afford to put some dollars into, you know what, I'd like to change this little thing and that little thing and that little thing. And with cars, if you buy it new, it's hard to, it's hard yeah. to have much money left over to start doing a lot of customizing to it. And with a motorcycle, you can buy it brand new and then be like, you know what, I don't like these mirrors. I'm going to get different ones. You know, right. I, you know. And the replacements cost 40 bucks yeah. in 2018 money. Yeah. So it was cool to watch you actually like take that bike and then turn it into like your vision of what you wanted that bike to be. Right. So I picked possibly the hottest weekend to take the MSF course, which is for those who don't ride motorcycles or who have not done this recently is you spend the morning in the classroom and then in the afternoon, you go and do a lot of parking lot speed stuff on little trainer bikes and then on a hot, on a big asphalt parking lot right. in the, the last weekend in June, first day of July, Yeah, when it is so hot that your MSF instructor tells you about the, the joy that is walking into sheets and standing in their beer cooler. Yeah. Right. And then they after that they say, 
Cool, you can go ride one of these on the highway now. Yeah. So, started riding middle of summer, 2018. Rode the bike home from the dealership in the pouring rain. As, <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, think I had a, an old government-issue Cortex, basically, jacket, that just happened because they size all of their outer gear to fit over their inner gear, fit over my motorcycle jacket really conveniently. Oh. And a set of $20 rain over pants and nitro gloves under my motorcycle gloves. Rode the bike home in what felt like a monsoon. <laughs> it's a good first day of ownership. I feel like any rain feels like a monsoon while you're riding a motorcycle. Probably true. Generally, yes. There, there is actually a sweet spot of rain where it's less annoying, though. Because if it's just misting, the water that built... well. It Let me like wash itself off of your visor. Yeah. So if it's like a steady, but not just like a, a general rain, the water that hits your visor, the droplets are big enough that if you turn your head, the wind will blow them off. You don't even have to reach up and wipe them off your visor. If it's just like a light mist or like a really, really heavy fog, what builds up on your visor isn't big enough for the wind to move. Mm. And you're constantly reaching up and wiping your visor or you ride with your visor open and, and then it's building up on your eyeballs or which is in cool. my case your glasses and uh, take true and being your other visor yes and since i need my glasses to see any distance taking those off when i'm riding is probably not a good idea but i had had the bike for i'd say two three months before i started changing things on it in real earnest mm -hmm. the Stock alien antenna bug looking mirrors were possibly Ter one of the first things to go. Yeah. Very ugly. Yeah. Good looking bike. Those mirrors are just atrocious. Tri they they are terrible. Yes. I, I still theoretically own them somewhere. I just don't know where that is. Oh boy. How many things do I have that I could say <laughs> that about? So for those who aren't familiar with motorcycles, KTM had, has, they still produce both of them, the Duke 390 and the RC 390. The RC 390 is a baby sports bike. Of the sport bikes in full that... Full fairing? Yeah, full fairing. RC? Okay. It, of the bikes in that displacement class, it is, the way it's built is probably the closest to an actual legitimate sport bike. It's, it's a full trellis frame. Inverted forks, like it, it's designed like a mini supersport. It just has a, a wee little engine. A, a big dumb single. Yes. The, the paint can go up, and then the paint can come back down. Correct. And then the paint can go up, and then the head gasket blow. Well, because KTM. it's the Subaru of bikes. Yes. If only Subarus <laughs> only blew head gaskets. Well, mm. yeah, that's another story. Tom has never owned a Subaru, but he owned the Subaru of bikes. Yes. So the RC390 is the sport bike version. The Duke 390 is essentially the same bike, but a naked. So there are still plastics. Yeah. There are still plastics on it, but it's, there's no fairing. There's no Minimal. wind protection to speak of. Right. Is it a more upright seating position as well? It is. Yeah. Which... I feel like that'd be more comfortable. For people of a certain height, yes. Fair. 
for people of my height and build, a Duke 390 is honestly a little bit compact. It kind of like clown riding a, a little pixie bike at, at the circus yeah. vibes going on. I never, I'm 5'10". I never actually rode his bike in motion because I've never been on a on a motorcycle, conducted a motorcycle. Uh, but I sat on it many a time and I always felt like it was a pretty well-sized bike for me mm -hmm. if maybe a little small yeah. so imagine tom at six foot and change yeah yeah but you know you you made it work yeah and it was a very good bike for yeah. you yeah so exactly one day from or one year from the day i bought it i put it on summit point shenandoah for the first time yes and this is where things get very cool to me for you, which is, as you alluded to before, the Miata has never been on track, but the bike got you out on track. Yeah, I, I did my first motorcycle track day, third week in July, or third Oof. weekend in July at some point. And let's just say you had put how many miles on the bike in the first year of ownership? Like, it was a lot. About... I it was either ten or twelve thousand. Oh my god! On yeah. a motorcycle, That's crazy. Yeah. Like my dude went from not riding motorcycles to riding a motorcycle basically anytime he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now, granted, at the time, I was living a very, very short distance from where I worked. It was entirely surface streets, so I I rode year round because even when it was in the thirties, my commute is ten minutes. So. For Just ten minutes, I can for a minute. Yeah, doable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ten minutes at on roads where I see a forty-five mile an hour speed limit once. It's manageable. Yeah, I I did first track day, and this was be July of twenty nineteen. Did another track day. Shenandoah, real quick. Shenandoah has a turn mimicking the carousel, a, a miniature version yes. of the carousel at the Nürburgring where it is severely banked and concrete on the lower half. Uh, what is that like on a, on a bike? Like that so, seems really, you see those, like those guys at the circus that ride inside the ball. Like you mm -hmm. can make a bike do centrifugal force and keep you on it at crazy angles. And mm -hmm. I would think like, it's very fascinating to be, maybe almost parallel to the ground so, on a banked turn. The track day that I did, they act, they used cones to block access to the banked portion of the carousel. It, it, it was said, but That's their fair. rationale is uh, in a car, if you lose grip, you, you slide. You don't fall over. Right. Uh, but you might, on something like the carousel, you might get a little bit of air as you transition from the banking up onto the top of the flat that's fair yeah on a bike if you're on the banking and you lose grip you fall over and then you ramp yeah then you get air and yeah yeah that's and fair. it goes from a crash that would have been maybe you have to replace or tweak a handlebar maybe you have to replace a foot peg something. it goes from a, a slide out into a now you've got a vertical drop component well it, it. Right. it goes from replacing parts on your bike to replacing parts on your body probably mm -hmm. yes and, and replacing to it yeah yeah replacing even bigger parts on the bike like your bike yeah that's fair mm -hmm. but uh, now shenandoah is not 
a, a course that I have been on yet, though I've heard that it's very good for Miatas. You know, it's yeah. tighter, more technical, whatever. It's basically a giant go-kart track. I yes. would think on a bike, especially something like, like the 390, not being a, a leader bike, not be, you know, right. not a high speed, not a huge, powerful, exactly. less nimble thing. That it would be a, a pretty like well suited track oh, to absolutely. the Miata of well, and we should say real quickly your license plate on one WD MX five one wheel drive MX five yes because it really is kind of the Miata of bikes small compact lower powered <laughs> but but nimble handling. and great handling yes so how was that for like first track experience on a bike. It was a lot of fun. The organization that I rode with was Evolve GT. For your first track day, it's mandatory. You go through a novice class. Going, I basically parade laps the first session just to say, hey, this is where the, the track is. Here are your visual reference points. Here's where, like, here's where you want to turn in for this. Here's roughly the line you want to take. So how do they, do they do, like, does somebody lead the group? Yeah, it, during, it's, okay. motorcycle coaching is all lead follow. Okay. This uh, is very interesting to me because it's very different than the way that it's typically done in, in car track organizations I've do been you, with. When you're lead following with your instructor, do you have any kind of communications? No. So, well. Just follow. No, them. no verbal communication. There's some general, like, Say if I'm following a coach and they are saying, hey, here's the apex, like this is what you need to hit. Like they'll reach down and point at whatever it is. And say if I'm just open circulating on track and I'm not in the course and a coach is like, hey, they'll occasionally slide in behind you, just watch what you're doing for a, a lap or two. And then if there's something where they like, okay, I can give some input even before we pull off into the hot pits and have a chat, they'll just pass and tap on the tail section of the bike. And that's the universal follow me. And then you just watch what they do, do what they do. Neat. So the first session was all just parade laps at honestly a slow enough pace that it's like, they have to go to slow pace because they're build. They're assuming everyone is like, they just took MSF last week. They know how to operate a motorcycle, but... The skill isn't there. Right. The experience isn't there. They, they assume the skill floor is very low, and they're building everyone up from there. Sure. And then as the course progresses through the day, the coach, individual coaches will like generally... Uh, the coach that was working with me was on a bike of similar power so that on the few straightaway sections that Shenandoah has, I'm not, I'm able to keep up. Like they're not That's having smart. me to sit there at like an eighth throttle and just. Right. Doo, doo, doo. So the pace that they were doing was almost slow enough where I ended up having to take a lap through the hot pit just to get out of the rotation because I was having to concentrate on going slow so I don't run over the guy in front of me, I was having to dedicate too much thought process to that and not enough to actually observing and learning the track. Right. Because at this point, you are one year and 10,000 road miles into riding motorcycles. You right. are not the guy who just took the course last week. Exactly. 
as it goes on, they'll start introducing different skills, different techniques, different ways to position yourself on the bike, basically telling you how to interact with the bike to get around track the best way possible. And the, and some of this, they'll do like conversations in the hot pits or in between sessions, like then right. they'll talk you through. Okay. So cool. in the class, it's you come off track, you get a couple of minutes break, and then you're back into the classroom for, so the sessions are about 20 minutes each per group. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with probably about a half hour of classroom time between sessions. So it, there was a lot of instruction going on. Nice. Uh, it's extremely thorough. Anybody who's thinking about doing track days on the East Coast, Southeast area, if all is awesome. Yeah. Their, their novice move. school is probably one of the best. Nice. So this was one day or two days? So this is one day. Okay. So it's... So by the end of the day, what's different from the first session? Just confidence. Sure. Yeah. Everybody's um, pace picks up a bit. Yeah, everybody's pace picks up a bit. You also, you, you kind of get a feel for like, who knows who has a better grasp on what they're doing sure you also get a grasp for whose ego needs to to have a little bit of a check sure on it like the super guys i'm looking at you in uh, de1 yeah really like the the guy who was a look like he every minute he didn't spend on a motorcycle he spent in the gym on a yeah brand new not to generalize but yeah on a brand new $25,000 Ducati Superbike. Yeah. And who decided that he was going to argue with the coaches as to what, what he should be doing. In a novice class. Good, yeah. And good times. It, yeah. He, he really shouldn't have been arguing with the coaches. Yeah. Motorcycle track days. Yes. That's, that's cool. So how many times after that initial track day, uh, how many times did you track the 390 juke? Nissan product. So I did one more track day that year. About it was about two or three months. Was that also at Shenandoah? Yeah. The, this was also at Shenandoah. So one of one of my motorcycle friends, his parents live about half an hour from the track. Oh, that's nice. So we would go up and uh, there was a group of us from Richmond. We would go up and crash at his house, his parents' house. And then it Literally a 30-minute drive to the track. That's we would just nice. go up the night before instead of making the two-and-a-half, three-hour drive from Richmond area up to Summit Point, West Virginia. Yeah. This, I do the same thing with my parents, but they're an hour 15 from the track. Right. But still much it, it, better than the three-hour drive or whatever from here. Yeah. So same deal. I'll go up, stay the night before, and then just take off from there at five in the morning instead of like three in the morning right so you you end up with a lot less fatigue which yeah when you're going to be riding a motorcycle on track is a good thing is it it's a very physical endeavor yeah like sure even more so i mean i find that driving a car on track until i put the race seat and the harness in my car is also a very like surprisingly physical endeavor and i can imagine on a motorcycle actually like 
physically leaning your body, completely moving your body from side to side, like yeah. body control, body position, all of that stuff is like it, it's a you're really engaged with what you're doing. Yeah. In in a physical sense. It's so the first track that I did before so you kind of if you do it a lot, you kind of figure out what muscles it's are gonna like, hurt the next day. <laughs> yes. But it's like Anytime you do something, any kind of new physical thing, you eventually you figure out and your body's like, okay, this is what this needs. But like over, over time, you, you kind of figure out like, what muscle groups are getting worked by riding a motorcycle hard. Mm -hmm. And just within the extent that you can ride like that on the street, before you've been on track, you think, oh, yeah, I'm going really fast on the street. No. Yeah, and then this happens once, with cars too. Yeah, once you've been on track, you're like, "Oh, th this wasn't anything." You, yeah, you can't. You literally cannot even get close on the right. street. It just doesn't. You can't. Yeah, yeah. And the same reason why they coned off the carousel on Shenandoah, the penalty for failure of losing grip on a motorcycle is much higher. On the right. street, it's even more so because on a track everybody's roughly going the same direction at, at they're all there for the same reason. The surface is well-maintained. Sure. And, and I mean, it's a little grim to say, but the worst thing you get run over by is another motorcycle. Right. Whereas Which, on the street, if you go down, the worst thing you get run over by is potentially much, much larger. Yes. So in yeah. fact, likelihood of much, much larger. Sure. Just by the numbers of how many cars, Cars versus motorcycles. Yeah. But like on track, at no point are you more than two minutes away from an ambulance. Also true. So you do your second track day at Shenandoah that year. Yeah. Uh, and then <sighs> the following year, at least once, you got down to NC Bike, correct? Yes. Yeah. So NC Bike, it's to car people, they know it as NC Car. It's North Carolina Center for Automotive Research. When they run bikes there, it just ends up because their acronym ends Spells up being car. Right. For bikes, they call it NC Bike right. because bike. Yeah. Which is somewhere in North Carolina. It's, it's a track I want to go to. Yeah. It's, it's like it, it is the second exit That's awesome. into North Carolina on 95. Okay. I, that track, I didn't end up getting out there until fairly late in the year. It was like end of September. At, At which point his bike had like 25,000 miles on it. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It was, I actually passed 24,000 right after the two year mark. Yeah. So by that point, it was probably 25, 26,000. Tom is the guy that would come to our Japanese classics Blue Ridge cruises on his motorcycle. Yes. Which, that's like a 300 some mile. Yeah, it, it's like 350 like miles, miles if you're trip. from Richmond. Yeah, yeah, to go all the way out there, do our cruise, come all the way back. Like, and in, at the time I was living in the East End, so I had to traverse the city to even get to where we were meeting at. Right. Yeah, it's it's commitment. Tom yeah. was committed to the yeah. two wheel lifestyle, is what I'm saying. In the meantime, I had been spending a fair amount of time shooting pictures with 
one of the probably the track photographer for motorcycles in the southeast shout out apex pro photography yes uh josh barnett josh yeah josh that's what i said mm-hmm. jordan edit out the part where i called him nick through the magic editor. of editing so <laughs> editor erase the tapes <laughs> so through coming out so what josh would do you is mean nick I, yes you know what he's, he, he's a man of many names oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry the, the first please time i meet please. him i'm gonna be like nick and he's gonna have no yeah freaking clue what's going unless on. i get him to listen to the podcast unless you do that you know what yes. that one guy at dominion <laughs> right or still shout out to that guy if you're still listening that was we, amazing we really mm-hmm. appreciate you oh, that, oh, that made me that, so hold happy on. hold oh, on oh hold on. jordan's hold got on. a quick a quick anecdote wait for it he messaged us on yeah. Instagram. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He probably emailed us, but nobody checked oh, no. the email. <laughs> you know, actually, I, I check it very, very occasionally. And we still haven't gotten any email, right? Nope. <laughs> please, please. Let me see here. Hey, dear listener. His name is Zachary Carroll, and he does really cool paintings. I know that guy. Oh, wait really a cool second. Paintings yeah. of Zach cars. Carroll art. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know him. I I don't think I ever had a class with him at J Surge, but we hung out with the same people. I yeah, totally follow cool this dude. guy on Instagram. Hang yeah, on. yeah, he does really cool artwork of yeah. cars, and I think I think they had a booth set up at Cars and Coffee last time I was there. That sounds entirely plausible. Yeah, oh, really man. cool stuff. Well, yeah, Zach, shout out to you, my guy. That's uh, that's awesome. I I absolutely follow him on Instagram just because his artwork is banging. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, anyway, that was a that was a good, uh, worthwhile aside. Yeah. So, the way Josh works for for his business, so he wonderful photographer, incredibly good rider. So he will oftentimes shoot part of the day, and then ride and coach in the afternoon sessions, and because. Josh is one person. He cannot, and tracks are large. It's very helpful for him to have a camera in multiple spots on the track, just depending on where, on how lighting is and all that. NC bike is, there's some corners that are very good in certain parts of the day just for lighting and are a nightmare to shoot others. And Real quick, because I I thought when I was talking to Jason about this, um, it's run in one direction for cars and the opposite direction for bikes. Is that correct? So I've seen cars go both directions on it. Before. Okay, right, and same thing with bikes. Okay, there there's becoming a general preference to run bikes counterclockwise, right? Because turn so turn one running counterclockwise is, is a hairpin. Yeah, it is the slowest turn on the track. Right. It's like like they said, a hairpin. Even folks on like track prep super bikes are probably doing 40, 50 miles an hour tops. So not slow, but not yeah. it's not a sixty mile an hour sweeper. Well, on clockwise on bikes, it's probably a solid eighty to hundred. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It's a and it's a big sweeper at the other end and probably more dangerous for the less experienced right running clockwise you still have runoff but it's 
less of it before it gets really foresty. Running it counterclockwise, you can basically straight line 100 yards off track before you're in any real danger of hitting anything. Like turn one at PIR. Right. We're spoiled. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen a lot of cars. Oh, people get there, there, but I'm saying compared to other tracks, that tire wall is way far away. Like we are spoiled by VIR having as much runoff as it has. Summit turn one isn't too bad. Like if you lose brakes, there's a runoff. There's literally an escape road right there that you can just take. Yeah, I've been told that that is not great to take, though. Yeah, but it's better than nothing. The gravel trap will do you better if you go straight into it, or if you're like. Our buddy Ross, if you yank the e-brake and go into it diagonally backwards, you'll also apparently be fine in your Honda Fit and not roll it over. Anyway, shout out, Ross. Good job, buddy. Ross, I raced my car for three years straight and doesn't have stainless lines on it. His only only car for three years straight and didn't have stainless brake lines on it because what he told me was he always thought they probably didn't make much of a difference. Except that they won't explode. Generally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. rubber lines will, potentially, when you're going into turn one yeah. at some point. Uh, but yeah, NC, NC car, NC bike, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at a map here. Yeah. Listeners, you're welcome to follow along, is a 12-turn, um, pretty technical looking And all, every turn track. is a constant radius. Like, they took a section of a circle to make yeah. the turn, which mm-hmm. I don't super love it's so nc bike is so potentially i don't know how accurate how recent that map is that you're looking at steve they re- okay. there's a there is the a middle. chicane in that kind of octopus head looking thing okay they just kind of flat side it and it wiggles a little bit and then you spit out into what is turn number seven oh. is a little wiggle. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. I see. Uh, I highly doubt that they're going to run cars on the chicane just because yeah, it is not. so tight. Yeah. That seems and like it makes more sense to just have a constant radius sweeper. Very yeah. similar to the octopus at uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park. Yeah. Thunderbolt. I think it's bigger. Than- yeah, it might be. It, I just mean as far as shape wise, it's more mm-hmm. than 180 degrees big constant radius mm-hmm. thing. So NC Bike, it's a track that's, it's a wonderful circuit for working on your fundamentals. Mm. And because on the surface of it, it is a very basic track. Yeah. Is there, Isn't it is also there much totally flat? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's completely the, flat same surface, right? And very wide as so well. So there is some elevation change. Like, I'd say probably 30 or 40 feet of elevation change over the entire track. Isn't that much. Okay, maybe twenty. It's more than but, Roebling. Yeah, it, it's I was enough. Say, this this reminds me very much, at least by description of of Roebling Road Raceway in yeah. Georgia, which is also constant radius sweepers for the most part mm-hmm. and fairly flat. Yeah, I, from the one of the pictures that you showed me of the track map, track map of Roebling, I could draw it in AutoCAD very easily. Yeah, 
with it just looks simple but again i would say the exact same thing at least from a car standpoint is robling is very good for working on fundamentals mm-hmm. and i actually had a lot of fun there it, yeah. it taught me a lot about how to take long constant radius sweepers because it takes a lot of patience mm-hmm. to stay mid track for eight seconds yeah and then start to gently wind your way into a very late apex and then eventually get on the throttle so that that tracks you out to the outside when you finally exit this long turn and honestly i think it i i put those fundamentals into practice at other tracks since then that have worked really well so it's cool that we have tracks like that because i mean listen road atlanta is fun there's a lot of elevation change vir is fun there's a lot of elevation change, but some of those fundamentals are actually good to work on on yeah. a, a simpler it's, layout, flatter yeah. track. It is hard to work on basic things at a track like at that. At VIR. Right. Yeah. For sure. Now, NC bike, so being such a simple track, it's relatively easy to get the hang of it. Mastering it mm-hmm. is very tough. Robling, same idea. Yeah. Yeah, mastering NC bike is very tough to the point where it's like fast lap times on a bike, like proper, like these guys should probably have a a race license in Moto America lap times is in the minute on the current layout with the chicane is minute 24. What's the what's the length? Do you know roughly? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, but it it's a generally under anything under a minute 30 is like cooking with propane. I think right now the lap record on the current layout is something like a minute 23 or a minute 24. Two mile, it says. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds about right. It's a two mile bi-directional road course. Mm-hmm. So the track day that I did there... One of my good friends, who's also named Steve, but he... Not possible. There, there can, can only be, be one. one. <laughs> the, the imposter, Steve. Shout out to Steve Wagner. He has a goatee. Sub yes. Steve. He has an impressive goatee. Actually, you kind of got a little bit of a goatee going on there. So does, does the other Steve not have a goatee? Maybe you're the evil Steve. Dun, dun, dun. No, no, no. Corey, bike, do you have, bike, do you have an Steve evil has... music button? Uh, let's check. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, oh, yeah. Turns out, no. No, I do not. <laughs> I, I, I wish the <laughs> listeners could have seen all of okay, us but just head. It is, man- it is mandatory to do the head bob. was the evil music? I mean, that's about as evil as I get. If I'm honest. Yeah. Fair. Well, guys, Tom, where if people wanted to follow you on the internet, where so, so the Steve alluded to this earlier. I am findable on Instagram at Mountain Biker Tom. All one word. And if you've been sticking this out for what's probably three episodes, we alluded to <laughs> right. much earlier. Uh, my other instagram which is more motorsports focused and like motorsports photography focused 
is bump head racing because sometimes I bump head. Yes. And and racing. Sometimes the, the, the bumping of the head happens on the windshield frame of the Nissan Altima. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and let's just state for the record, you had that Instagram before so I, that. I had that Instagram before that. Because of mountain because bike Because of things. my ability to acquire injuries on, on mountain bikes. And I just, just decided to lean into it a little bit. Decided to level for, that up. Yeah. Infinitely. Let's, uh, let's stop leveling it up. Shall we? Yeah. I think you're good. I, think I will. It's enough slices. <laughs> yeah. I will endeavor to not, not increase the level of the injuries that I have acquired. That sounds good. That does sound good. Uh, I am found as always uh, at beerandbackfire.com. Click on our sponsor. <laughs> it's got some. <laughs> it's got some purple hearts next to it. Uh, I have still. Still, one of my favorite things on the internet. I have still, to date, not. You know what? I'm this tonight's gonna be the night. What? Tonight's gonna what be the you, night. What are you doing? What, what is happening right now? Oh, oh God! No. Why? Why are you doing this? Oh gosh. Okay. I am handing oh. Corey oh. a crisp legit five dollar bill, <sighs> which means I have officially sponsored sure did. the Beer and Backfire podcast. Dang. I am found at I am. But now it's not a joke anymore. On it's, Instagram, it's literally not a joke anymore, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it though? I, I mean, it's it's it could still be a joke. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, it's not going to change. I it's, mean, now it's now it's just official. It's just yeah. also real still. Now it's an official yeah, joke. real now. Yeah. There yeah. you go, Corey. Where are you found for good food, ripped pants, and a gigantic, adorable horse of a dog? <laughs> yeah, he is on on the Instagrams at c and you can follow me on Instagram at the Daily Downshift. And Please follow do. fun car buildy blog things at the Daily Downshift.blogspot.com. It's also yes. linked on the website. It is. It is. Uh, Any hoot. Thanks, folks. Ba da ba 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 da 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 da.